Welcome to Feminized. It's time for a show that turns the spotlight on the powerful women shaping cannabis culture. The cannabis industry is on fire and women are sparking it up. If you like the show, please subscribe. You can also subscribe to the Feminized podcast with Liz Grow on YouTube and Instagram. The future is feminized. Meet the next generation of the Emerald Cup, Taylor Blake. In this episode, we talk about her personal history with the cup and what it means to keep this iconic legacy alive. We also talk about this year's Emerald Cup entries. You can find out for yourself who the, grows the best weed in California at the Green Street Festival and Emerald Cup Awards show on May 13th and 14th in downtown LA. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for my new friend, Taylor Blake. Hey sis, you're now listening to the Feminized Podcast. Welcome to the Feminized Podcast. It's really an honor to have the second generation of Emerald's Cup here joining me. Well, thank you so much, Liz. This is, I'm really excited to talk with you. And just like I said, it's always a pleasure to talk to women in this space. Very excited to have this conversation today. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. The whole purpose of this podcast is to, um, not that we don't love the male voice in this industry, of course, we absolutely do love that, but this is just for the females um, and those identifying as females who are really driving the industry. Um, we've got to find that alignment between feminine and masculine. And I just, I'm not hearing enough from the women. And so you gotta be the change, right? That's why, yeah. that's why this podcast exists. So let's just dive right in. I mean, you are, you know, your, your father, Tim Blake is the founder of the Emerald Cup, the most iconic cannabis competition on the planet and what was it like for you to grow up um you know with that as you know kind of your family business it was interesting because i um born in 84 so grew up in the 80s early 90s around that time of obviously like war on drugs and cannabis being seen as like, it still is a schedule one drug so i'm not saying that but i feel like the acceptance of it during that time was definitely very frowned upon and so it was just more of like a secretive like I didn't really talk about nor or nor did I know really to the extent of what my dad did it was kind of this like thing where I just I knew he had like a job and I knew that he did things but I wasn't exactly always aware of what that was um like a lot of kids though too yeah. you know <laughs> yeah exactly uh, but it's been it's been a really uh, epic journey to see because um like he's been at selling cannabis since he was 16 years old so he's been a lifelong uh you know person in the industry before it was even considered an industry of that kind you know and so I feel like he built the industry like the, the journey of like it being so frowned upon to where it is like where it is today I think is just a really beautiful um thing to have witnessed and so I also just feel like to see like the pride that is multi-generational cannabis businesses yes. is so special to me and so yes. awesome because it is such a like amazing place to have your kids step into. It's not the like demonized, stigmatized. <laughs> um, Scariness that they sold us through for madness. No, not yeah. anything like that. Totally. But I mean, what sounds, you know, what it sounds like to me, which is, you know, kind of what I hear from, and I don't know a lot of second generation folks in cannabis, but I do know a few and, you know, it was an idyllic upbringing in that you are working with the earth, you are farming a crop or you're helping to, um, you're helping to get a crop to the community and medicine to those in need, you know, and, and it's kind of a whole family affair, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, sounds really idyllic. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's uh, like, 
So my first uh, farm that I ever worked on was in um, 2007. I didn't farm uh, outdoor season until then. Mm -hmm. But I will say it is such an immense amount of work. It is like doing cannabis as a full-time season outdoor on a large scale is, is, is an immense amount of work. I have the utmost respect for farmers, um, mm -hmm. but there is this very amazing beauty at the end when you are like harvesting it. It's just like tomatoes or anything else in your garden. It like tastes the best of anything you've ever had. Yeah. Um, so it's better than what you get at the store. So to be able to provide that to people that are sick are definitely like one of the best parts about it for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure even though you maybe didn't know what your, your dad was doing early on, you probably felt that energy, you know, that energy of service and that energy of connection, I think, to nature at the very least. Um, you had to have, right? There's such an energy around the plant. Totally, totally. And my dad's like a, he's like a very like caregiving person. He like loves to like, he like gives everything away. He's always like a giver. So I feel like that sort of, it is in the spirit of cannabis into that way too. So yeah, absolutely. That's definitely what I've heard about him. He has a great reputation. Um, I was able to go to Emerald Cup in 2019. Um, yes, it was my first time and it was just a oh, beautiful, beautiful experience and community. And you just know that the organizers of the event are, are, are giving that energy, you know, cause we, go to all sorts of events and cannabis makes everything better. Yes, but there's some shitty cannabis events out there. Um, Emerald Cup is like, it's like heaven. Um, oh my God. So, that, this, this made my whole day. <laughs> oh, I'm, so, oh, I'm so happy to be able to do that. Um, and what you do and what your family does uh, has made my whole life. So, um, you know, when did you come on board with the Emerald Cup? Um, so 2007 was my first year attending at that time. It was still, okay. it started in 2004 at, in Laytonville, well, 10 miles north of Laytonville at my dad's property area 101. Um, I didn't attend the first few years, but when I heard about Emerald Cup, when he talked to me about it, I was like, what is this like cannabis contest you're having right off the highway? Like, I don't understand. And so, um, <laughs> but it sounded so interesting to me. And then going after doing my whole full season outdoor plant, it's like everybody that grows feels like they, they grow the best. It's like, that's just what it is. It's like a yeah. part of being a grower, you know? Um, so to like, see this like friendly competition amongst growers in Northern California, the community, the vibe, the like everything about it was just so magical. And it was still this like very mysterious sort of thing. It was kind of like, you know, people weren't like when, when winners were announced, it wasn't like everybody was going up on stage. You know, there would be sometimes when a winner would be announced and it would just be clapping and no one would go up, you know, cause at the time 2007, yeah. people were still like weary about persecution. Um, Absolutely. And you can imagine like a bunch of growers being corralled into one spot. I mean, that would be very, I would be sitting yeah. with my back to the wall and looking at yeah. both doors. <laughs> well, it was, it was a small room, very smoky. Couldn't really see that many things um, because it was just like so many people in there, but it was really, it was a life-changing experience for me. And I knew then that it was something really magical that I wanted to be a part of. And I graduated, I was in college at UCSC. Mm. Um, I, I had just banana slugs. Yeah, banana slugs. It's like the funniest mascot. Um, but I graduated college and I became full time into Emerald Cup in 2013, which is the year, the first year that we went to Santa Rosa. So oh. always kind of like behind the scenes, like I would do like merch sales and things like that, but came on like full time in 2013. 
Oh, awesome. Awesome. So, and that's when you went to Santa Rosa County Fairgrounds, which I mean, it's just such a, it's a beautiful location as well. That's where Emerald Cup was in 2019. And you I mean, you're just surrounded by these amazing trees and nature. And it was like, man. Um, and so 2013 to 2019, I mean, that's six years you guys were there. Um, and this year it's going to be in LA. So what, how'd that happen? I was kind of shocked when I saw that, like, because people have come to know, I think Emerald Cup in Santa Rosa, you know, hand in hand, it's where you got to go. Yeah. It, I mean, it's definitely like, it's a, it's a very intentional move in, in certain ways because the cannabis market is a competitive space. And with the award show and what this award show and the con contest and winning a competition like the Emerald Cup means to some of these brands, is a huge deal for them and it gives them a huge platform. And so what better platform to really put these brands on and highlight them than in front of the stage in, in Los Angeles. Um, I think LA is Brilliant. one of the biggest markets. And so it's like, although our heart is in Northern California and we will always be doing things in Northern California. I mean, I live in the Emerald Triangle. I live in Willits. My dad lives in Laytonville. We are tiny town people going to a big city for sure. Um, we are just feeling like that's the best place for these uh, brands that win, especially highlighting the like small farmers and getting that message yes. out there and getting the message out about regenerative farming and as many things as we can, just trying to like use the Emerald Cup as a vehicle to get those messages out. And so we're really excited about it. It's definitely going to be a big change for us. And I still am asking my dad, I'm like, what are you going to wear? Like, I don't like, like this is it's, 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 it's LA. Yeah, it's LA. We, we have to get clean clothes. <laughs> so, um, maybe a manicure. I don't know. <laughs> he might get one. I don't know. We'll have to figure out all the details. We're definitely going to need to make sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I just, that just warms my heart to hear because that really, again, you know, it is the, the energy and the spirit of the Emerald Cup is it's about small farmer. It's about sun grown. It's about, you know, Emerald Triangle and the best cannabis in the world coming from this one spot. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, they are pretty isolated up there. It's pretty isolating up there. And how do those brands make big waves in Southern California? You know, I mean, it makes a ton of sense since you you know, just explained it to me. So thank you. <laughs> it really does, you know, looking out for the small farmers. Um, have you gotten any pushback from any of those guys or girls? Well, I think, I think when you just hear like Emerald Cup is moving to LA, I think that there is this like, you know, like little like sadness that comes about with that. And that's sad even for myself, you know, or my dad, but it's not that we're like leaving Northern California by any means. We definitely started going to do events here. We are definitely, like I said, like still rooted here. Mm -hmm. Um, still trying to like have the space in Northern California be honored, just sort of trying to like bridge the two worlds and have like more of Northern California involved in Los Angeles. Right. Right. I love it. I love it. It makes all the sense in the world. Um, have no fear, Northern California farmers <laughs> trust in the Emerald cup. Um, and they will be good stewards of the brand. I truly believe that. Um, but Tell me a little bit, so we'll put a pause in this year's Emerald Cup, okay, in May. I want to talk about the Harvest Ball. Yeah. Um, will you tell me about that? It sounded dreamy. I'm on the, I'm, I don't know, I'm on the network, or not the network, but the, um, the list for all the emails. So I'm just like getting all this news and getting FOMO, and it sounded amazing. 
it what well, it was it was very like needed for a lot of our souls i feel like because we hadn't had an in-person event since the one that you attended in 2019 uh-huh. our award show digitally um in the spring of last year which also did not feel like as exciting because you realize like part of the award show is like the cheer and the people coming up and saying something like when you're just like announcing a winner to a screen it's like not as magnetic and yeah. um so we like- had the yeah, exactly. You're like, we're clapping for ourselves. It's great. You know? um, but Harvest Ball was the Emerald Cup without the competition because the competition always has been such a big part of it. So we really did. We still wanted to do something in Northern California. We knew that. We yeah. knew that the um, the like old adage of Emerald Cup, we used to say it's like celebration of the fall harvest. And so out of that, we decided that we should just call it the Harvest Ball because that's really what it is. We're just celebrating the fall harvest and trying to bring the community together. It's been, it had been at that point, a very like rough year and a half, two years for everybody with COVID yeah. and just the social distancing and everything. And so we just tried to do um, our best to bring the community together. And it was really fun. It was a very fun time for sure. Oh man, that is so awesome. Again, it's like thinking about what the farmer's experience is, you know, as well. And harvest, I mean, it's just such a celebratory time anyway. Again, tons of hard work, but it's like, this is what we worked for. And here it is, you know. Um, Oh, that's so cool. So cool. Um, So, you for the Emerald Cup in May on May 13th and 14th. Tickets still available. I checked right before this. Um, it's you guys are partnered with the Green Street Festival to yes. do something that again nobody's ever done before. Talk to me yeah. about that. Yeah. So when we were looking at going to LA for springtime, um, we've always been longtime like supporters and in, in admiration of Rama and um, the, his partners at Green or at Hall of Flowers and Green Street, like as both companies, mm-hmm. um, really, really always, like every time I've ever gone to a Hall of Flowers, I've always had the best time. And I'm <sighs> like, this is such an epic event. And I just have like, it's not about the competition. It's just about respecting when someone else does something really great that you can just like say that. Right. <laughs> like, I really respect what you do. And um, so when we were talking about, the potential of going to LA and we saw Green Street Festival, we were like, this would be the dream if we could bring these two things together. And so we approached Rama about it and he seemed interested in it. And then here we are um, doing our award show at Green Street Festival. And it is such a joy and a pleasure. And we are so excited about it. And it's going to be so fun because we don't have to like, we're not running the whole festival. We're just doing the award show. So we get to like have the award show and then do the, like, you know, announce the winners and then just be able to like hang out at our booth and like have a good time and talk with everybody and not be like running around stressed out. (laughs) Right. It's a lot. No, it's a lot. You know, if for those listening, if you've never been to an Emerald cup, it is everything including the competition, which is so, so important. But I mean, there's just tons of exhibitor booths, uh, exhibitor booths. I mean, that's not, is that what you call them? Vendor booths? I don't know. They're experiential. They are um, beautiful and fun. and, And there's all sorts of things going on in the property. And it's just, I can't even imagine like what that takes, what type of manpower that takes to like do all of it. And then so reliably year after year, I mean, good Lord, y'all know what you're doing. Events are a lot, you know, but I think there's that element of like creating a space in which people can make memories is a very magical 
like profession to have you know I, there's been people I know that have like met and gotten married after an emerald cup or like just stories of people that like their lives that they've met somebody that they got a job with the next you know time that they and it just there's like yes. there's a stories where it's like I just feel like it's a really truly an honor of a job it's a very stressful job but it's it's quite an honor to create a space like that wow wow um so so it's only you're only have to focus on the award show in LA which is so great and then all of the amazing things are going to happen around it um what are some of the things that you're most excited about for the Green Street Festival well okay oh so the one is announcing the winners on stage because that like I said we haven't done that since 2019 so seeing like the crowd I'm like I'm so excited about that but um at Green Street Festival they have like an epic food lineup they have like a bunch of these like restaurants that are from Los Angeles that are all doing like special pop-up things. And so very, very excited because like smoking weed and eating delicious food are like just the best. So um, the best. I'm just very excited. Yes. But when I saw the Yeasty Boys was signed on, I was just like, oh, bagels and blunts, yeah. baby. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> so incredible. So incredible. So yeah, the food I was excited about too. Um, the music, I mean, it's in LA, so you know, it's going to be just completely off the chain with Juicy J um, and I'm sure others. Um, but anyway, back to this award show, what are you wearing? Oh my God. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, like I said, my dad and I, we were like, I'm like pointing at him like he's here, but we were just talking on the phone. Um, yeah, <laughs> we were just talking on the phone and I was like, what are you going to wear? Yeah, we should talk about it because it is like, you know, in years of the past, we used to be in such this rush because we would have like um, the event in December, the contest and the award show in December, but we would be running the contest from like November into December, like sometimes even like the week of the Emerald Cup, like decisions were being made on the winners and all of that. And so it was just such a hectic time that like, if we could just show up on stage and be like our hair brushed, we were like, we're killing it. Okay. <laughs> like we're doing great. Um, so this year I'm like, we've got time. We've like, you know, we've got ideas. So we're, we're definitely yeah. planning, something, but it'll probably just be very mellow. Like I'm going to hype it up like right now. And then you're going to see me and you're be like, okay, she went with like, a denim jumpsuit or something. <laughs> no, you're going to, you'll make it LA. Of course it will be Taylor Blake, but with a little LA spin, I'm sure, you know, with the added lights and added media and just sparkle that really LA puts on everything. Um, I'm, I'm really, really excited. Uh, it's going to be, going to be a great time. Um, so I know that the entry, like the en competition closed, was that in February or March. Yeah, it so was, it, it closed like uh, three weeks ago. So oh, okay. yeah, it's been kind of a blur since then because um, I'm actually like at our like competition headquarters right now. And it has been like quite a journey because we have a statewide contest. So we intake entries from all over the state and then we like log them, sort them, get them into judges packs, and then we get them like out to our judges. And so our judges are all across the state as well. And so it's just like, California is a big state is quite a large <laughs> undertaking mm -hmm. at times. Um, but it's just been kind of a blur the last few weeks, but in the best of ways, because um, nothing feels better than like giving the, the judges their kits and like seeing them excited about things. And just like the whole competition, there's so many like highs that come out of it um, from the judges to the winners to all of it. So 
Right. There's those milestones that like keep you going that, you know, Oh, I'm excited about this. This is going to happen tomorrow. And then you find yourself on stage at the award show. Like, wait a minute. It's about to all be over. (laughs) Do you ever feel like that? (laughs) No, it's like 45 days away. And we were just talking about it. I was like, 45 days. Like, I feel like it's still like months and months away. It's like a month and a half away. It's so crazy. Wow. Oh God. Well, time flies when you're having fun. Yes. Um, so have you uh, seen any, any cultivars that you're super excited about? I mean, are you able to say anything about the, the <sighs> what can I say? um, okay. So what can I say? I can say that there was one flower. So we're having our judges retreat this weekend. Mm. And, um, so what, what our judges retreat is, that? is that we're actually separating out our final judges for flower because historically it's just been the winners have all been decided on one day like we have our final judges meeting and then everybody comes and they've obviously been trying things at home on their own so they all have like their scores and stuff but the the decisions are made in one day which is a lot to put on these people that are judges that we were like respect and love we're like here please smoke like uh, you know, million samples in a day, you know, I just decide the winners. And so, um, but they do it and they're troopers and they have huge tolerances. They're experts in this. That's why we choose them. So, um, we decided to spread it, spread it out over two days and also have a party at night with all the judges invited. So it's going to be very fun. Um, but the thing I will say is that at the first flower judges meeting, there was one flower that all the judges were like, this is the one, this is the winner. It's there. It's like, they were all like in love with it. So I'm so curious to see if that was their first flower they had smoked though. Uh-huh. Okay. That's never happened where like the first one is, ends up being the winner, you know, right. But I'm like, I, I will get back to you and I'll let you know if that one wins, but it was definitely mm. like a very like interesting experience because they all left at the end of the day. They were like, that first one was still the best one, you know? So, wow. that's And fun. it was sun grown. So that's the other piece too. So that like all the judges, even like a lot of the LA judges, they were all blown away by this one sun grown entry. So it's pretty Wow. Cool. Oh God. That makes me so happy to hear. I mean, that's just the most complete way, you know, to, yeah. to do to bring the best expression out of the plant right i've been hanging around a lot of regenerative farmers lately and i am loving it loving it it's it, it is well i i got to go to a regenerative farming conference in boston at the beginning of uh, last month it was snowy and gross it was the most magical experience because growers from um humble um son of us wendy kornberg was yeah. one of them um she you know, she and her, her group, super organic, uh, put on the super organic cultivators conference. And it was just like ah, mind blowing to get back to the basics or to understand that there are farmers who are, who are doing this the way that really nature intended. And they're coming out with fucking fire results. Yeah. And, and I love that. I love what I'm hearing. Uh, like a total, like, gee, she's like, amazing cultivator great speaker like super smart she's just like has all these like amazing attributes she's yeah she's she's really cool that's a wonderful woman to connect with oh absolutely she was on um feminized podcast i think episode five was wendy kornberg yeah i interviewed her at the conference i mean she's just so impressive and um you know i think really inspirational and of course you know the stories of being a second generation cultivator are just fascinating so um, but very cool. Okay. I love that. I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for that. Um, what else did I want to ask you? Oh gosh. Is there a, is there a concentrates competition mm-hmm. part of the competition for Emerald cup two? 
Yes, we have, we have quite a few actually. So we have almost like four, we have uh, just about 48 categories now mm. that are expand the whole spectrum, but we have solventless concentrates, which is um, we've broken it into uh, ice water hash, rosin, and then we also have a personal use solventless, which is really cool because you don't have to have a license to enter personal use. We also have a, a personal use flower category as well. So if you didn't, um, you know, make it into a space in which you are a licensed cultivator, um, any, you know, California, you can still cultivate in your backyard. So we have this category that's open to everybody. And so it just really truly honors the spirit of the, um, of like the legacy, because there are people that, um, Derek actually is one of the examples, Derek Rosen, Burn. Oh, I'm forgetting his last name exactly, but it's definitely Derek. Um, <laughs> we'll put it on screen. Yeah, <laughs> text me and I'll put it on screen. <laughs> but he, um, he is like a, he's a grower. He's like a small, like, like home grower from um, Boonville in Mendocino, and he won back in the day when Emerald Cup was still at Area 101 with this strain called In the Pines, and he entered it last year into the personal use category, and it won the highest terpene content in the entire contest of, of any licensed grower of any home grower he had the highest terpenes and it's like that whole thing of just like you know when you're like growing something at home it just it usually is the best so oh man that is so cool so cool so cool so okay so before uh i let you go taylor i ask yeah. the same questions of all of my guests three questions and i was hoping that you would indulge me okay okay so question number one is tell me who is in your dream smoke circle three people dead or alive Okay, I think it would be Willie Nelson for sure. One, um, I would say, well, okay, Willie Nelson. I was gonna say Casey Musgraves, but I feel like that's kind of that same caliber. But I just feel like she's also like very cool and on the feminine side. And then I would say, um, I almost want to say Snoop Dogg, but I'm like that's so like. <laughs> it's your smoke circle. It's your yeah. dream, baby. Okay, that's it's your dream. dream. That's what oh, I'm doing. I love it. Willie, Casey, and Snoop. Oh my God. What a fun smoke circle. Very musical. Yes, exactly. Those would be the three. Nice. Hey, have you ever been to Luck here in, in right outside of Austin? Willie's place? No, but I have a coworker, our old from former coworker that's been many times. And that's, yeah, I've heard amazing things. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go get high in Luck. It's, okay, I'm it's, gonna see you up after this. Dream. Okay, please. <laughs> you need to, you need to, because you know what Willie is, um, he's just he's he's a god, but you know, he is an organic being. And so come and see him while you can. I yes, totally. No, I definitely that's why I'm like he's the first one that comes to mind because I just it's, it would be a dream. It would yeah, be a dream. Oh, he's incredible. Um, okay, so the second question is, what other woman in the cannabis space is inspiring you right now? Um, okay, so I have a long time love for Valerie Corral from Wham. She has been my like OG, like woman that I look up to from the, in the cannabis space forever. Like every single time I meet her and talk to her, like not meet her, but talk to her, it just reinvigorates my like love for her because she's truly like, like the mother Teresa of cannabis in so many ways. She's like, so she's like just this caregiving for the people, like inspiring educational woman. She just has like the best like of stories and she's been in the space for a very long time. And yeah, she's definitely, she's just, she's like the, like the one that I always go to for sure. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And so the third question, 
What advice do you have for 13-year-old Taylor? Ooh, 13-year-old Taylor, okay. Um, I think the thing that I would say is that um, it's okay that like not everybody likes you, you mm. know? Because I think that that's like the hard part about like the journey that that's I've just advice. personally been on is that like I've found that like I can navigate my like job and my boundaries a lot better if I'm okay with just like being authentic to myself and not trying to people please. And that is something that I feel like I definitely was rampant with for a long time and just trying to like have everybody like me. And that's kind of one of those things where you can be extremely likable and be authentic to yourself and not have to like overextend yourself to right. get there, you know? So yeah. that's I think that I would say, yeah. That's some solid advice at 13 or 53 um, <laughs> or however old, any 93, that's solid <laughs> advice. You can be likable um, without needing to please. Um, and, you know, isn't the most important person to please ourselves and like last on the list, especially yeah. with women, especially oh, with women. No, and it's so hard. Cause yeah, you feel like this, like, like awkwardness about being perceived in a way that I don't feel like men have, you know, like they're like, okay with being perceived as however they are, you know, like oftentimes, like, it's like, okay. But I feel like as women, sometimes we're like, we just want to like be nice, you know? And it's like yeah. that thing where it's like, it's okay. You can still be nice. And also like straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. You, you are nice. Now let's just use our words to communicate and get shit done. Cause yeah. I am a nice person. I am nice. You know, again, it's, yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out though. Um, and I think that conversations like these go a long way to help women kind of wake up and think about that, you know, and step into their, step into their roles, whatever those roles are. And it's not to be nice. That's yeah. not our role. Um, but Taylor, you're just an amazing light. And I think what you are doing, you and your team are doing at Emerald Cup, which just, is just, um, I mean, it, it is, it is culture. It is cannabis culture. You have, you've built it and you are protecting it fiercely. And I'm just really grateful for everything that you guys are doing. Um, how can people find you find information about the Emerald Cup, Green Street Festival, um, and all that good stuff? Yes, I, so I am on, and thank you so much for your kind words. You are seriously like such a beautiful soul and just even talking with you, I feel like I'm like, I'm seriously gonna hit you up about going to Luck Reunion because that would be a dream, but- um, Oh, we're going. Okay. <laughs> um, my Instagram is um, just TH Blake and then all of the Emerald Cup socials are just under the Emerald Cup. So it's like, uh, we have a Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook. Um, our website is theemeraldcup.com. Um, greenstreetfestival.com is where you can buy tickets. And um, yeah, we're just so excited. We'll see you with announcing the winners on May 14th. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. Now, if people can't make it to the actual event, will it be live streamed anywhere? How can they get that? It won't be live streamed, but it will be live to tape. So we are going to be doing like a, you know, an airing of the awards, but just not exactly like live, live, which. Perfect. <laughs> well, this is the best way to do things. Let's all be honest. Let's all be yeah, exactly. um, yeah, package it and then ship it out. Um, oh, perfect. Perfect. I'm glad to hear that you guys are doing that. And we are we're going to try to come. Patrick yeah. and I and my team, we're going to try to come just to soak it in and be there, you know, because um, it, it has been hard two years without, you know, the community and uh, I'm, I'm ready to, to really just cannonball back in uh, to the California cannabis culture. You know, we're in Texas and, um, you know, kind of deprived here. 
of that kind of thing. So all these Californians are moving to Texas. So you're about to have the bomber about there. Everyone's just, we are, we are. It's just about getting it to the consumer. It's about getting it to us. That's the hard part. We'll figure it out though. It's all good. It's all good. If you'd like more, subscribe to the Feminize podcast on YouTube. Follow at Feminize with Liz Grow on Instagram. Special thanks to our sponsors, Moose Labs and Richard's Rainwater. The Feminized Podcast is a Grow House Media production created by Liz Grow, produced by Patrick Pope, Dance Red, with original theme music and audio mixing by Q at Q to King Productions in New Braunfels, Texas. <laughs>